Welcome to the Enjoy Your Marriage podcast, where relationship expert and master coach Candace Toon helps you stop wondering if you married the wrong guy and start putting all of your energy toward having the marriage you imagined when you said, I do. Sup bees? Last week, we shined a light on how your automatic and most often unconscious thoughts about fighting could be keeping you quiet on topics you wish you and your husband could discuss out loud. We also touched on how your thoughts about fighting or ruptures, as the Gottman Institute calls them, could lead you to tiptoe into topics when directness might be more likely to get the job done. You hang back or tiptoe in slowly because you're afraid of making things worse. And then you actually do make things worse by holding your concerns in, because without space to breathe, your concerns fester and rot, which makes marriage, well, stink. It's not your fault. You're doing all of that because at least part of you believes that ruptures are a bad thing. And even if you know that ruptures are inevitable, you're probably believing that repair is unlikely at best and impossible at worst. And if all of that were true, keeping quiet really does make perfect sense. If you are correct in your assumptions that ruptures are a problem and repair is unlikely, of course you'd still steer clear of all of that mess. That's just your brain doing its best to keep your marriage alive, which is an excellent start. And us bees are in the business of doing much more than keeping our marriages alive. We band together to create thriving marriages that we love to live in. You can do it with us, and here's how. Step one, expect ruptures to occur. Step two, when they do, remind yourself that you and hubs can totally handle it. Step three, get to repairing. When you really believe that repair is possible and you've developed confidence in your ability to make repair happen, ruptures become much less terrifying. That's what we do all day, every day in the Defying Gravity Revolution, and I'm going to give you a crash course sneak peek right here, right now. You ready? Here's the foundational thinking upon which the entire rupture and repair process is built. Ruptures, again, also known as fights, tiffs, squabbles, disagreements, can be a sign of a mature, advanced relationship. Ruptures reveal what's really important to both parties in the relationship. They help you clarify core values and deeply held beliefs. Making space for those values and beliefs to be seen makes the repair process simpler and more clear. Thinking of ruptures as revelations makes the path to repair a whole lot simpler. Why? Because thinking of ruptures as revelations isn't threatening. It invites you to make room for both of you to have core values and deeply held beliefs. Did you hear how I said both? That means there's room for his and yours. When a rupture has broken out, It's common to assume that if you're going to repair, that means one of you gets to win while the other has to lose. If you're already worked up, which of course you would be during a rupture, especially if you're thinking that ruptures are a threat, which again, most people do on some level. If you're already worked up, it's natural to tense up and double down on defending your side. Nothing wrong with you if that's where you tend to go. It's probably a habit, one that you came by honestly and one you don't have to keep. Try on the idea that repairing a rupture could mean that one of you gives in to the other And that's not the only thing it could mean. You've got options. Repair could also mean that the two of you spread your truths and values out on the table and shift the pieces around together, turning them over, putting them in different order. Maybe you do all of that for a while until the two of you together can make a picture that satisfies you both. That bees is a skill. A skill you can learn for sure, but a skill all the same. I tell you this so that you don't rupture with yourself if it's not a skill that comes naturally to you. You don't have to go calling yourself high maintenance or needy or stubborn or weak if you don't naturally make room for both of your perspectives to have a place on the table. 
Ruptures can feel like war. It takes concentrated effort and a solid self sense of self-support to open yourself up to vulnerable discussions in what looks like might be a war zone. Give yourself a break if opening yourself up to the possibility of risk isn't your tendency. That's true for most people. It means nothing about your moral fortitude or the strength of your relationship. Repair is a skill, and it's a skill that I've mastered with lots of personal practice and through supporting lots and lots of clients. I'm going to give you the basics right now, using an actual conversation I had with my husband earlier today, in fact, as a case study. And just so you know, we're going to keep this light on purpose because that's more fun. I invite you to keep things light as often as you can as well because it'll go better for you when you're having fun. Light doesn't have to mean flippant or dismissive. I really want you to hear me say that. It is totally possible to keep the conversation light and collaborative even if the topic is deeply serious. Keeping things light and making light of them are not the same. I promise. So here's how it went down today. My whole family, all five of us, do jujitsu. We started doing online classes in our living room during the pandemic and have kept up with it ever since. Because we are so dedicated, we're all getting stripes on our belts and advancing our belt colors. So fun. Also, all of the ceremony and swag can get a little pricey. Because we usually go out to ice cream to celebrate the wins, and my husband recently decided that everyone should get a new gi when they advance a belt. And if you don't know, a gi is just the outfit they wear in jiu-jitsu. I'm sure that they would not like me calling it an outfit, but you know what I mean. All right, he did not discuss the new gi decision with me. And I am not amused by this. So rupture number one was that between him and me, we had this rupture that sounded like, he's wasting our resources. He doesn't listen to me or my preferences about our budget. The geese my kids already have, which run a couple hundred bucks each, by the way, are totally fine. Rupture number one. Rupture two then followed along quickly, and it came between me and me. Because I started scolding myself for thinking all of those things. It sounded kind of like, what's the big deal, Candace? Why don't you just let them have fun and enjoy their progress? You're such a stick in the mud and a penny pincher. Even though you really don't need to be, you are always killing everyone's good time. It's a fun place, my brain. <laughs> sometimes that's the case, and I'm sure you can relate, because your brain is probably kind of fun for you, too, sometimes. That's why we want to, on purpose, be nice with each other, to ourselves and watch when we have a rupture in between you and you. So thus far in the story, we've got two ruptures, me versus him in the battle of whether or not new geese are even needed, and then there's me versus me in the battle of whether my preferences are practical or penny-pinching. Now, the first step towards repair in any rupture is to listen. And it's got to start with me listening to my own brain, explain the ruptures, and objectively consider whether I like the explanations my brain has given me. So I slow down and pull out my magnifying glass. Let's go with rupture number one. I'm mad at him for blowing our money. Now, it might be true that he is blowing it, but we're going to put a pin in that for just a minute while we consider what else could be true. Remember, we're making room for all of it without forcing me to adopt any of it just yet. So I ask myself, how do I think that he would explain the new gi purchases when the gis we have aren't yet worn out? Since I've been with him for over 20 years, I know from experience that shopping is a pretty common way for him to want to celebrate. I personally witnessed him working himself into a profitable career after growing up with very, very little. And I know he feels a lot of pride in his purchasing power as an adult. Also, he does just like having fancy stuff in general. So it's possible that his purchases were just about him and not meant as an insult to me. I don't know that for sure, of course, but it feels a bit roomier to consider that he's selfish and doesn't care about what matters to me isn't the only explanation for why I have new geese in my house 
when I wouldn't have made that purchase on my own. Again, all we are doing at this point is opening up space, considering all the things that could be true. We then do that same process for rupture number two. I'm mad at me for being stingy and a killjoy. Those things could be true. But again, we want to pin that explanation for long enough to consider what else could be true. Maybe I am a killjoy, but it's also possible that I'm just afraid. Given how the coronavirus pandemic impacted the global economy and our family's finances in surprising ways over the last three years, it might make sense that my brain wants to be careful and frugal and not buy things that I don't think we need. Also, I know that I tend to be a bit of a minimalist, just generally speaking, and my brain often offers me guilt if I have a surplus when other families don't have enough. So it's possible that my irritation at myself is really just about me ruining my family's fun. That could be true. Maybe that's all that it is. But it's also possible that I'm really just trying to protect our resources and not be a jerk about taking more than we need. That one seems a little more likely. And the truth is probably a mix of all of that. And when I remind myself of all the ands involved in the situation, I feel a little roomier about the whole thing. Which is probably why our most recent conversation in the foyer of a play we were attending, so there we were in the play waiting to go inside, our most recent conversation went down like this. He said, hey, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu just announced that they're redesigning all the gear. This inside my head, I was like, no, he's going to want to buy all of that again. And then out loud, I said, of course they are. And then he said, oh, I thought you'd be happy. Inside my head, I was like, why? And outside my head, I said, why? <laughs> so same thing there. He said, well, I just want you to be comfortable in your gi pants and they're making stretchy ones now. So I thought that you would like the new ones. So notice if we hear him out, he is possibly just trying to make sure his wife is comfortable. When I wrote that out and read it back to myself, I was like, maybe he really was just trying to make me comfortable and not trying to screw over my budget. Maybe. But at the time, I completely missed the concern behind his comment. I was like, didn't I already get new ones? And he said, uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't think so. And so I still am in like threatened mode because he's, you know, I'm telling myself that he's like ruining my budget. So I'm still missing that he's not trying to fight with me and he might be helping me. Still missing that. I said, I just don't get it. Why do the kids even need nukies? The ones they have are perfectly fine. What's the draw? Like really, why do they need them? And then I, I heard myself and I paused. <laughs> I regrouped. I reminded myself, this is all inside my head. We're out for family time and I don't want to ruin it. I also don't want to make the jujitsu gear a sore spot between the two of us. So then I sighed and I said, yeah, I just don't want to fight about this right now. Then I paused again. And then I said, kind of laughed and I was like, but I think I do want to fight about it later. So he laughed and said, okay. And then I kept going. I said, I just don't think they need it. Why do you think they need it? And then without waiting for him to answer, I was like, they wear the ones that they have like eight times a month and they look fine. I don't think they need it. And then again, I heard myself and stopped myself. And then again, cause I want to make it light and fun. I said, well, I guess I do want to fight about this. <laughs> I was choosing to look at myself as adorable on purpose inside my own brain. I was like, Oh, looks like this is pretty important to you. So I guess I do want to fight about this is what I said out loud. And then I said, but I guess I only want my side of the fight where I say my perspective and you don't say yours. <laughs> That's what I said out loud to him. And he laughed too. And then he said, I'm really appreciating this. 
And then that comment sparked some internal defensiveness for me because he often tells me that I only want to tell my side and not hear his, which I don't think is true at all, most of the time. It was a little bit true right here, which is why it was funny for us. But then, you know how like you're allowed to make fun of your little brother, but somebody else isn't allowed to make fun of your little brother? It was kind of the same thing here. I'm allowed to poke fun of myself, but he can't, especially not about something like this. So my defensiveness flares... And then I noticed that without judging it. I was like, oh, that's what's happening for you, sweetheart. This is in my own head, talking to me. Candace, sweetheart, that's what's happening for you. You think he's making fun of you. Oh, he could just be coming in on the joke with you, but you are interpreting it as he's making fun of you. And so when I noticed it and I didn't react to it, that helped me calm down a little. When I was just like, oh, that's what's happening right now. Of course, your defensiveness flared. So then I was able to have like a little bit of playfulness with him. And I pointed a finger at his face in a playful way with like a funny mocking expression. And I said, uh-uh, we are not turning this into that. And I knew he knew exactly what that was. I don't always do that thing you're trying to say that I always do. And then he, because I was, the tone of it was playful, he was able to return playfulness to me as well and said, you're right, you know, I love you. And then we just, he just hugged me and then we went into the play and all was fine. We dropped the subject. I mean, all was fine in that moment. We did drop the subject and I'm sure we will discuss it again, 100%. And it might be tense when we do, but at least we're in the habit of putting it all out on the table right now. So notice how many patterns of rupture and repair were just in that small conversation. That's where we want to get into the habit with our relationships. We want to pull apart, come back together, pull apart, come back together in short bursts like that as often as possible. I have a leg up as I've trained, because I've trained myself to watch my brain as it prepares my comments. I was like, oh, I'm thinking this, which of course that makes sense why I would say that. This conversation itself was less tense because I'd already promised myself to make room for his preference to shop for fun. I want him to be able to do that. It's what he likes to do. And I really do want that for him. I also had previously made room for my fear without scolding me for it. Oh, it makes sense that you're afraid, Candace. That's okay. Him buying geese doesn't necessarily mean that your fear will come true, but it makes sense that your fear is here. So when you're in the habit of watching your brain race around as I was doing here, and when you can make an effort to lean in and understand where the spin is coming from, from the perspective of someone who loves you and loves your husband, loves the relationship, loves all of it, that's the foundation of effective repair. I make sense. So does he. Together, we are powerful enough to identify what's really important and come up with a solution that both of us gets us, both of us get what we want. That is possible and we're gonna hang in until we get that. Maybe that will look like I give on the geese and we cut the budget somewhere else, it's possible. Or maybe he'll spread out the gee purchasing to maybe every other belt and we'll find a less expensive way to celebrate everyone's advancements. Whatever the decision ends up being, repairs are most effective when you discuss all the angles honestly. When you make room for defenses to flare up and hurts to happen. Repair calls on you to understand that things tighten up when deep values are touched on, when primal needs look as though they might not be compromised or that they might be compromised and that they won't be met. If that's happening, it makes sense that the ruptures would tighten up and that you would need to have a little bit more care and leaning in. So go slow. Check your own breathing. Check your posture. Open up space in any place that feels tight and open up space for the both of you. Allow yourself to take breaks. Get coaching if you want that. Remind yourself that you love each other and you are on the same side of the table looking down at the problem together. We want to picture you standing side by side looking down at the problem together, you against the problem, not on opposite benches trying to win the negotiation. So it's not me versus you, it's us against the problem. Such different feelings come up with each picture, right? 
Now, to sign up for today, I'm going to drop some handy phrases that'll help you know if you're repairing or not and might help your repair go a little more smoothly. You could say something either out loud or in your head like this. Ah, I see now that I'm being grouchy. I wonder why. I wonder what I need. I'm overreacting and it's okay that I am. I can also stop overreacting if I want to. You could say something like, that's not how I want to behave. I have a good reason for behaving this way and I'm going to solve for my reason in another way. I want to give you more love and concern than I did just then. I'm sorry I didn't. Let's back up and try that again. That's the language of repair. And you can say all of those things without adding in how you're bad and wrong and immature for behaving as you did because that is not true. And if you start beating yourself up for how you acted, you'll create two more problems. One, you're going to miss vital information around what got you there in the first place. What was the value? What were we trying? What, were, what was missing that you were reacting to? And if we don't know that, it makes repairing so much harder. And the second problem you'll create is you set yourself up to be working for a mean boss, which is you, who's unforgiving and ruthless and scoldy as you're trying to sort things out. Those are terrible working conditions. Remember, you only behaved the way that you didn't like because you sensed a threat to something that was important to you. That's the only reason. You can figure out what the threat was and restore safety again in a more useful way. And you can do that together. When you do, you'll find that the place of rupture comes back together even stronger than it was before. Good job, you too. You both deserve a more solid connection in every aspect of your marriage. Learning the skill of cycling through rupture and repair effectively is the way to get the connection you crave. I can help you make that happen if you want me to. For the first time ever, I'm hosting a conversation collaborative, which will be a workshop experience where we'll dissect your specific conversations the same way I just dissected mine here. My mission in this world is to help women stop wondering if they married the wrong guy so that they can spend all of their energy building a stable home that supports their dreams for themselves and for their families. I am constantly daydreaming about ways to help women get there faster and more simply. The Conversation Collaborative is what I came up with this past weekend. My clients are always going nuts for my conversational coaching style. I am laser focused in session and I'm also an excellent storyteller. In my Wife on Purpose book, in my examples that I share in session, in my own um, sharing in the Defying Gravity Revolution Slack community, I tell great stories. Because humans learn in stories and I really am great at making concepts memorable in a practical way. I know because the most common questions I get asked are, how do I talk to him about X, Y, or Z? How do I even bring it up? What am I supposed to respond with? And he says, blah, blah, blah. When I get asked that question, I ask my clients a few questions back just to get a stronger sense of the situation. And then I tell them what I would say. And then almost universally, they respond with something like, wow, you make it sound easy. Well, when you said it, it sounds so much better. Or my favorite, can you just come with me and sit on my shoulder? And for the first time ever, the answer is yes. I'm creating a brand new resource for my bees and I want you to help me do it. I'm inviting about 20 or so bees to join with me in workshopping their specific conversations in written format, similar to what we talked through on the podcast today, so that we can study your conversation patterns and hone your choices so that you'll knock out all future conversations. You'll knock them right out of the park from now until forever. Before I became a coach, I was a marriage and family therapist, and between the two professions, I've seen hundreds of couples get in their own ways they try to come together. I am an expert in helping couples cut through the crap to consistently connect in conversation. And here's how I do it. I listen between the lines to everything that the both of you say. I've got an ear for pinpointing exactly where the conversation veered off course, and I'm a master at bringing it all back on track and keeping you both engaged. I want you to see exactly where things went wrong and why they did, so that you can generate 
generalize. So you can generalize these concepts to every conversation that you'll ever have with your honey. I'd love to ride around in your pocket or feed you lines from the surveillance van like they do in spy shows. And this new experience I'm creating for you is the closest I can come to all of that. You, me, and the bees will dissect your actual conversations and compile them in hard copy book form for you and the other bees to study and learn from for years to come. It's such exciting work. If you want to get in on that magic, make sure you're on my Watch Me Wednesday mailing list. That's where I discover a weekly dose. No, that's where I deliver a weekly dose of how to not care what humans think is impossible every single Wednesday. Wednesday. It's also the way to get exclusive first dibs access to all the goings on in the hive. Like this brand new opportunity, the conversation's collaborative. Even more good news, not only will you be in the know when you subscribe to the Watch Me Wednesday newsletter, you'll also get my free mini course on how to enjoy the marriage you imagined when you said I do. It's four short lessons sent to your inbox on a manageable, implementable pace. So do yourself that favor this week. Grab the course and then keep an eye out for more information on the conversation's collaborative. It's going to be the nuts and bolts experience that will forever change the way you connect to your guy in the best and most efficient way possible. All you got to do is right now is head on over to CandiceTune.com, Candice and I tune the knee, and then claim the free course by clicking the gold button in the top right. It says, get the free course. You can't miss it. Take that one easy first step of enrolling in the free course today, and then get ready for a lifetime of feeling closer to your man and the dreams you're creating together. Choose Gurge Bees and keep on flying. Sup bees? Want even more ways to stop wondering if you married the wrong guy? Head on over to CandiceTune.com, Candice with an I, Tune with an E, and click the gold button inviting you to get the free course. You'll get four short lessons delivered straight to your inbox that'll help you create a more connected marriage before the next episode drops a week from today. Happy studying! <laughs>